Good morning. How are we today? Good? You doing okay? Anything different today? A little bit. Yeah, where you're sitting, right? A little, little change there. Well, something else that's different this morning is that we're not in 1 Timothy anymore. Right? We just wrapped up our series on 1 Timothy last week. Um, and we're going to start a new three-week series today. And it really could be a 10-week series, if I'm being honest. It could probably be even longer than that. Um, but we're going to look at three promises of God. Three promises of God that can absolutely change your life if you will let them. And so if you came here this morning and you needed encouragement or you needed hope or you needed some help, you are in the right place this morning because God has something to say to you this morning. And we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. So if you have your Bible, go there with me. Hebrews chapter 13. You know, all of us have burdens and have concerns that sometimes at different seasons in our life can keep us awake at night. Some things that we might wrestle with are, what's tomorrow going to bring? Is my health going to hold up? Is the health of my family members going to hold up? What if I lose somebody that I love? What's going to happen to me when I get older? Is there going to be anybody there to take care of me when, when I'm old? What about my kids? What if something ever happened to one of my kids? Will I ever get married? Will my marriage survive? Will we get divorced? Where am I going to be in 10 years from now? And all of those questions should really make us do one thing. And that is remind us that we are not in control and that all of us are extremely vulnerable, aren't we? We're all not in control and we're all extremely vulnerable. And so there's a lot of uncertainty in this world. And with so much uncertainty in our lives, we need to focus on the promises that God has given to us because that's the only certainty that we can stake our lives to is the certainty that is found in the promises of God. I want to start this morning just by telling you kind of where we're going this morning. And, and one thing we're going to talk about this morning is that we don't need to worry about tomorrow because God is already there. You don't have to worry about tomorrow because God's already there. And so if you're struggling right now, my friend, whatever it may be that you're going through, I need you to hear this word this morning. God is telling you today that he's got it. Whatever you're going through today, God's got it. Okay, and so whatever is staring you at the, in the face right now, understand this. The Lord is in control. The Lord has got it. And I pray that that simple statement right there, that God's got it, would really encourage your soul this morning. I want you to understand also this morning that God has you on his heart right now. Right? You're on his heart. You're on his mind. He's not going to forget about you. Why? Because God can't forget about you. It's impossible for God to forget about you. You are on God's mind right now. And God, this is what we're going to talk about probably more in detail this morning, is this, is that God is going to be with you every moment of your life. He's going to be with you every moment of your life. And that is true today, that is true tomorrow, and that is true for the weeks and the months and the, and the years to come. You can't outlive, you can't outrun, you can't outlast God's mercy and his compassion and his love. You can't. And so, listen, there are circumstances and people, all those things are going to come and they're going to go, but God and his character and God and his promises are going to last forever. And so that brings us to our text this morning that we're going to look at. Our text today is super, super short, not long at all, but it's this huge part of that verse where God says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 
Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And so here in the, the context of, of Hebrews 13 is there's a call uh, for, for God's believers to be content. And we discussed that at the end of, of 1 Timothy. We discussed being content. But the author, in the midst of this context, he lays out this beautiful promise from God, and he gives us a reason that we can be content. And the reason that you can be content in life is because God is with you at every stage in life, at every moment in life. So it doesn't matter what circumstances come your way, you can still be content. This morning I'm going to do something that I've probably only done five or six times since I started preaching at the age of 22. And what is that? I'm only going to give you one point this morning. Why no? One point. I'm going to be a bad Baptist pastor this morning because everybody knows that all good Baptist pastors have at least how many points? Three points. You got to have at least three points in your sermon to be a good Baptist pastor. Well, I'm going to drop the ball on that today. I got one point for us this morning, and we're just going to stick around here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. This is, a big, this is a big promise, and I want to try to do the best that we possibly can to unpack it this morning. Here's the point this morning. You build your life on this truth, that no matter what, God knew that you and I, that we would doubt this promise. And so God wrapped this promise in five negatives here in the Greek. And so twice, uh, he repeats two Greek words that mean no. And then he adds another word that means no. It's actually really hard to translate this over from from Greek to English, and so the, the, the scholars who have done that have done a pretty good job, and they've done the best that they can, but it's basically in the Greek, if you read it in the Greek, it's like God is saying, I never, 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 ever will leave you. That's what this sounds like if you read it in the Greek. Why? Why is God saying it so many times? Because God knows that you will doubt it. God knows that you will forget it. And so God's saying it as clear as day, as clear as he possibly can, that that he is never going to leave you. When your faith is sagging, when your faith is, is not as strong as, as it is at other times, recall to mind this truth in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, that God will never leave you, that God will never forsake you. This week I want you to memorize this verse. It's an easy verse to memorize, right? Okay, yes. A couple people were like, I think so. Some of you are on summer break and you're like, no, I can't memorize anything on summer break. You can remember this, I promise, okay? Remember this. Uh, hearing, faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of God. It comes from the word of Christ. And, and so another good verse to recall when you're, some of you might say, I do believe, but help my what? My unbelief. I, and so some of you might be here today and say, I, I believe this. I know it's true, but God, there's areas where I don't believe, and God, I need you to help me with my unbelief. When I'm struggling, when I don't believe, when I'm doubting, God, help me there. Help me where I don't believe. And when you call on God to help you where you don't believe, what you do is you wait on God, and you exchange your weakness for his strength. And he will meet you right there in that moment. Again, never ever is the big idea that's being communicated here, and human words can't really uh, they can't really translate this, can't communicate this um, any clearer than what's being said here. And friend, listen, this promise isn't a promise that man has said about God. This is a promise that God himself has said. That means something. It's not just something that someone said one time, oh, God's not going to leave you, God's not going to forsake you. It's literally God said, I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you. And this is why, you know, studying some words in the Greek is 
is, is super cool. And any of you can study any time that we're talking about like the Greek words here, you can do this on your own. If you go to BibleStudyTools.com, you can literally look at the Greek lexicon and you can study any Greek word that you want to and do a word study yourself. It's that easy. It's super, it's because this word here is in the perfect tense, which means that at some point in history, God has said this, but check this out. God has said this, but he hasn't changed his mind on this. He hasn't taken this promise back. He hasn't said, oh, that was only for a certain group of people at one point in history. It's for you and I today. God hasn't reversed course on you. Amen? Listen, God is on the record with this statement. You hear me? God's reputation is on the line. His character is on the line when he makes this statement. God has promised to sustain you. God has promised to uphold you. God has promised to be with you, to stay with you. And either we believe this this morning or we don't believe it. It's one of the two, right? If God can be trusted and he can, then this really has to be one of the most comforting truths in the entire world. That no matter what is facing you, God says, I'm going to be with you through it. No matter what's coming your way, God is going to be with you through it. You know, we are saved and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and we can't lose what God has truly given us. And we know that God has given us his spirit. He has literally, if you're a believer, if you're a child of God, God has put his Holy Spirit within you. And because God is in you, think about this, God's not going to forget to protect you. God's not going to forget to provide for you. God's not going to forget to love you. He's always going to be with you. The, the regions of the Alps. And they were looking for new flowers. Something that they had never discovered before. And so one day the botanists are there and they're looking through binoculars and they're looking for, for uh, flowers in places where they couldn't get to by, by foot. And so one of the botanists, he saw this beautiful flower. The problem was this beautiful, gorgeous flower was in the middle of a ravine and there were two huge cliffs on each side. Somebody was going to have to be lowered down on a rope to go down there and go get this flower. All the botanists kind of looked at each other, and they were like, you know, oh, you're holding the rope? I don't know. You know, I know who you are. And so that nobody really wanted to go. And there was this curious boy, and he was kind of hanging by the side, and he was kind of looking, and, and he looked down, and he was, you know, kind of talking to himself. I could do that. I could do that. And so the botanist said to the, the boy, they said, hey, we'll pay you really well if you'll be willing to go down there and go get it. If we can tie a rope around you and send you down there, we'd be happy to, to pay you. And so... With that happening, the, the little boy goes, he takes one look over and he goes, I'll be back just a, just a couple minutes. I'll be right back. So he comes back, but there's this man who has gray hair and this guy is following behind him. And so the, the little boy comes and he says, hey, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to do this. This guy right here will hold the rope. And the botanist was like, you don't want any of us to hold the rope? Like, who's this guy? And he said, that's my dad. That's my dad. The faith that that young boy had in his dad. Brothers and sisters, imagine if we had that kind of faith in God. Imagine if we had that kind of faith in God where we would sit there and we would say, God, I know you're holding the rope. You're holding the rope in my life right now. And God, I, because you're the one holding the rope, I don't have to fear. Listen, if there's anybody else in your life holding the rope, you have some reason to doubt. As strong and as awesome as that person might be, there is nobody in this world that you know besides Jesus who is not possible or who is 
it is possible for them to let you down. It's possible for everybody else to let you down, but not Jesus. Jesus is not going to drop you. Jesus is always going to be with you. He's always going to carry you. I read this poem this week, and it said this. It said, he holds my hand, this wonderful Savior, and he is mine. So why should I fear when I know he's so near and I know that his hand holds mine? Amen? You know, fear always fades away when you're trusting in the Father. When you're not trusting in the Father, you're going to have fear. Fear is going to creep up on you. Fear of the the unknown, the what if. But when your focus is on the Father, fear is going to fade away. It's that you can have that there's not a single circumstance, there's not a single situation anywhere ever where God is going to abandon one of his kids. God's not going to abandon you. It doesn't matter if you go through famine. It doesn't matter if you go through persecution. It doesn't matter if you go through suffering. God is going to be there with us. And his promise is that he will use every situation for his glory and for your good. See, everything you own, my friend, can be taken away from you. Some of you experienced that. Some of you have experienced everything you've owned being taken away from you. You've lost all your money. Or you lost your house at one point in time. Or you lost, you know, someone that you love. You lost a marriage or whatever it might be. But the one thing that will always stay faithful is that God will always remain. No matter what might be taken away from you, God will always remain. And friends, hear me on this. Having God is all that you need. In the end, having God is all that you need. For whatever life is going to throw at you, having God is all that you need. Remember, if you walk with Jesus, you never walk alone. You always walk with somebody. Remember that. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, he said, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Do we have a good friend in Jesus? Amen. A true friend is someone who runs in when everybody else does what? When they run out. Good friends run out. When times get hard, when times get lonely, when times get cold, what stays until the end. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, I am with you how long? All the way to the end. Jesus says, until you take your last breath, I'm going to be with you. And then guess what? Through all of eternity, I'm going to be with you. Friends, this right here, it should be the medicine for your soul. There was an evangelistic meeting one time. And this evangelist had come and he was preaching and he was talking that night about how to abide in Christ and how to completely trust Jesus in every situation. And at the end of his message, he repeated this phrase several times. He said, for this I have Jesus. For this I have Jesus. The evangelist was done preaching and then it it came time in the service for testimonies to be shared. And so one young woman got up and here's what she said. She said, just a few minutes ago... I was handed this telegram. It reads, mother is very ill. Take the train home immediately. And she said, when I saw those words, I knew that tonight's message was meant just for me. My heart looked up and it said, for this, I have Jesus. And instantly a peace and a strength flooded my soul. Three or four weeks later, the same evangelist got a letter from that same woman. And the letter said this. It said, thank you again for the message that you gave that day. Life has become an uninterrupted psalm of victory, for I realize that no matter what comes my way, for this, I have Jesus. In Jesus, that lady found her friend. In Jesus, she found the one who will never leave her. Have you found the same thing? Have you found in Jesus this great friend, the Savior, the one who promises I'll always stick with you? It's been said that if every circumstance finds us abiding in Christ, 
we will find Christ abiding with us in every circumstance. And I think that's true. I want to talk a little bit and kind of pivot just for a moment and talk about this word forsake that we see here. To forsake somebody means to abandon them. It means to desert them. But in the Greek, it goes a little further than that. Imagine if, if you and I were in a room, and I'm counting on you to defend me, to help me, to be with me all the way to the end, and the enemy comes to the door and is banging at the door, and I look back, and you're, you've already ran. You ran out the back door. You would have deserted me, right? And that's what this means. It's like somebody who deserts somebody in their greatest hour of need, somebody completely abandons them. Actually, Paul used the same word to describe Demas, right, and how he left him when he was in jail, just kind of left him completely and hung out to dry. See, other people and other things can let you down. But friend, listen, in Jesus, we have a friend who doesn't run away from our problems. He runs to our problems. This is who we have in Jesus. And so when you find yourself in that worst circumstance, when you find yourself in a hard time, when you find it's what he loves to do. He loves to come to your rescue. And so God is saying this to you right now, my friends. And listen, we can't get past this because this is our message today. That God is saying to you right now, hey, I'm never going to leave you. Young person, listen, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's not going to abandon you. Right? Other people may abandon you in life. If you're young, you may have not experienced this yet in life, but just give it time. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's the reality of life that all the adults in this room have experienced at some point. People abandon people at some point. It happens. Unfortunately, some people... They make promises they can't keep, but God never makes a promise he can't keep and that he doesn't intend to keep and that he won't keep. I love how Charles Spurgeon puts this, the prince of preachers. He says, we don't know how to give force to this any other way in our language. Two negatives cancel each other out in our language. In the Greek, they do the opposite. They amplify and they magnify each other as they follow after each other. It means no single instance will the Lord leave you for any reason. If you have cast yourself on his infinite power and his grace, God will carry you until the end. This is God. And so if you're in a situation this morning, and listen, I don't know what you're going through. Some of you I know are going through a really hard time. There's a handful of you who are going through real difficulty. But if you're here today and you're going through a challenging time, God is with you. And so you take heart. I want to tell you a little story about a man named Elijah. Uh, and if you have ever heard of this um, you, you know this story, but if you haven't, you can go home and study 1 Kings 18. And it talks about Elijah. And this prophet had, had experienced the Lord's protection, had experienced uh, his incredible provision in, a, in a, just a beautiful way. And so in this moment, he's experienced his great victory, and he had this uh, awesome level of faith. But it seems like almost moment to moment, Elijah is running for his life. He's kind of sinking into despair and depression. And he's convinced that he's the only one of God's prophets left. Like he's the only one left. And again, he had been experiencing and like having great courage. But in the next moment, he was like had no courage. Has that ever happened to any of you before? Happened to me. I can't tell you how many times I've sat here, I've preached, or I've been at home studying my scripture, preparing, and I'm like, man, yes, Lord, yes, this is true. I got this, this great faith, this great courage. And then there's this moment that comes where you feel all alone. And you go, wait, 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 what happened? Because I was feeling this way, and now I'm feeling this way, and that's kind of what's happening to Elijah. And so there's moments where we feel vulnerable, where we feel afraid, where we feel scared. 
But God came to a lifeful prophet. He gave him a word of encouragement. And the Lord told him this. He said, I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal. 7,000. What does this tell us? God has his people how, where? Everywhere. God has his people everywhere, in your job, in your neighborhood, in your community, in your school. Some of you may feel like you're the only one standing for Christ. Some of you feel like wherever you go, there's nobody else who's standing for Christ. But brother or sister, you take heart, you take courage, because you're not the only one. There are other people who, who are going through something very similar. You're not alone. When we have nothing left but God, God is enough. When you have left, nothing left but God, God is enough. And when it's just you and God, it's enough. It's been said that it's when, when it's just you and God, you're in the majority. Do you know that? When it's just you and God, you are in the majority. With God behind you and with his hands holding you, friend, you can face anything that's in front of you. Anything. One of my favorite stories in scripture that really illustrates what we're talking about so well is the true story of Joshua and the Israelites. The context of the story there is that Moses is dead and now Joshua is the one who's leading the Israelites. But the Israelites still have to cross the Jordan and they have to go through a long series of battles. That's going to take about seven years. Are you ready for this? Are you really up for this? Joshua, are you ready to do this? And here's God's promise to Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. You can go home and you can study this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is what? Dead. Now then you and all these people, what? Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as what? As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon. And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Sound familiar? Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. As you think about this incredible promise here, I don't want us to overlook one little phrase that really hammers this home. And he says to, to Joshua, God says, as I was with Moses. As I was with Moses. Joshua knew all about Moses. And how did Joshua know about Moses? Because he had been Moses' right-hand man for, for, for years. You know, my people go. That Pharaoh could have had him killed. Could have. He doesn't. That Pharaoh says no to Moses' request. He says no. And then Moses says it again. They go through this, this long process of God hardening Pharaoh's heart. The plagues come down. We got boils. We got frogs. We got darkness. We got hail. We got the water turned into blood. And Pharaoh still doesn't relent. Any of you remember the story? Yes, good. Okay, good. There's some of you who do. And so finally, one terrible night, the angel of death passed over uh, all the land. And what he did is he took the life of every firstborn son in Egypt, and only those with the blood of the lamb on the doorpost were what? Were saved. And then only then did Pharaoh grudgingly do what? Let the Israelites go. So as the Israelites are leaving, what happens next? Pharaoh has a change of, of mind, change of heart. And he says, no, I want those people back. But where is God's people? They're in the desert. So 
Pharaoh and the Egyptian army is coming after the Israelites, coming after them to bring them back, to re-enslave them. What we see is when the story comes to, they come to the Red Sea, and they're trapped. They got the Egyptian army at their front, they got the Red Sea at their back, and they're sitting there going, what in the world are we going to do? What are we going to do? Literally walk on dry ground across the Red Sea, and then the Egyptian army is swallowed up in the Red Sea when it comes back. Pretty powerful. Later on, Moses goes up the mountain, and he talks to God face to face, and he comes down with the Ten Commandments. Friends, what I want you to see and what Joshua knew is that miracle after miracle after miracle happened with Moses. And Joshua knew it. Like Joshua was able to say, okay, yes, it wasn't me that the miracle happened through, but I saw it in you. Does that make sense? Like he saw the faithfulness of God. He saw the power of God in the person that he was close to. God had demonstrated to Moses and to those who were paying attention that he always keeps his promises. And friend, if you will be looking around and if you will be in the body of Christ, you too will also see that God always keeps his promises through your brothers and sisters in Christ when they're going through hard times, but you're not. You will see, oh, God is faithful. Look at how God shows up in this person's life when they're going through a hard time. This person's suffering and God is showing up in their lives. You know, God never fails. For 40 years, they were in the desert, New Beginnings. For 40 years. You know what that implies? For 40 years, check this out, their shoes never wore out. For 40 years, they never ran out of food. For 40 years, they never lost a battle. For 40 years, God kept them. He says they were just flat out ungrateful. You know who that sounds like and who that should remind you of? You. Oh, she said Cedric. Oh, okay. All right. Listen, if I'm being honest, Cedric, you're not alone, bro. I'm guilty of this too, bro. Uh, but even, even though I'm guilty of this, and maybe some of you are too, I'm still blessed by this promise, and that is that God will not leave me. God is not going to forsake me. God is going to stay with me. Even though I, I, I sometimes walk away from God and I sin, just like you do, God sits there and says, I'm not going to walk away from you. Remember this, if, if you're far from God, it's not because God moved, it's because you moved. It's always because you moved. You know, when I was taking over as pastor 10 years ago, I've, I've shared this story. I'll kind of share a different angle of it today. Uh, I was coming into this role as the pastor after an absolute legend in the word of God. His name was David Cleland. He was the first pastor of this church. And when I tell you this guy was a legend in the word of God, for those of you who don't know him, this guy had forgotten more about scripture than I'll ever know. I mean, he just, he knew the Bible inside and out, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And so I've told you some of the, the, the story, I think I told it last year that, you know, hey, he said, hey, don't worry, you're going to be the next pastor of this church, but don't worry, I'm going to train you, it's going to be okay, we're going to spend time together in the very next day. Because he knew, he, he could read it all over my face, I was sitting there going, wait, what? Like, you're, you're leaving? Like, I, I can't do this, this is, they got to get somebody else, I can't do this. Here's what he told me, and I'll never forget it. He said, God is going to be with you. God's going to be with you. Such a, you know, such a thing at, at the time going, yeah, easy for you to say. You know, of course you're going to tell me that. What else do you expect your pastor to tell you when you're going through a hard time? God's going to be with you. But let me tell you, after 10 years of being in it, here's what I can tell you. God has been with me. God has been with me. It hasn't been an easy 10 years, I would tell you that. Some of you who have been here since the beginning, you know, listen, our church has been through ups and downs. 
We've had hills and valleys, right? And I'm not a quitter, and the people in this church, they're not quitters either. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful as I look around and I see people who don't quit. They don't walk away when times get hard. They don't walk away when, when, when things don't go the way that we think that they should go. But I would tell you this, the only reason I'm still here 10 years later, when most pastors don't even make it half that time in a church, is not because I'm strong, because I'm not strong, I'm weak. It's not because I'm talented, because I'm not talented. It's not because I'm smart, because I'm not smart. It's not because I'm knowledgeable. I'm not even half as knowledgeable as the guy who came before me. The reason I'm still here, the reason I'm still serving the Lord is one reason and one reason alone. is because God has been with me. God has been with me. There is nothing special about men. Listen, was God going to be with Joshua like he had been with Moses? Yes. Why? How, how does Joshua know that? Because God said so. In our world today, we have such a skewed version of this. Oh, somebody said so, and you're kind of like, eh, who cares? Words don't mean anything. Right? Someone promises you, don't worry, I'll, I'll do this, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. And then guess what? Do they do it? Half the time in our city, no, they don't do it. People don't keep their word. God is somebody who says, I'm going to do this, and guess what's going to happen? Or what's going to happen? And if God said it's going to happen a specific way, it's going to happen that specific way. And so if God promised it, we believe it. If God promised it, we rest in it. If God promised it, I don't have to fear in spite of it. I don't have to fear. God was telling Joshua, listen, Joshua, you do what I'm telling you to do. Do what I'm telling you to do. Go where I'm telling you to go and obey what I tell you to do. And Joshua, you'll never have to doubt if I don't show up and show off for you. You'll never have to doubt this. And friend, it's the same way for you. The same way in your life. If you will obey God in what he tells you in his word. Now, you have to be in his word to know what he's telling you to do. Amen? So you got to be in the word. But if you will obey God in what he tells you to do, and you will trust in him, you never have to doubt if God's not going to show up and show off for you. God is like you've been alone. You've, you're just really, really alone. Okay, a handful of you. All right. Some of you, like, you know, the people who live in the middle of the Everglades and they have, like, pet alligators. Those people will probably, like, at night when they don't hear anything, they probably feel all alone. But I'm not talking about that kind of alone. I'm talking about you could be in a crowded mall and feel all by yourself. Anybody ever felt that alone? Yeah, some of you have felt that way. If you've ever felt that alone, lean into what God's word has to say to you this morning. You have this constant presence in your life. You have this promise of God where Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. God has also said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love how the, the author in the book of Psalm, Psalm 139, verse 7, he said, where can I go? Where can I go away from you? Meaning, I may try to run away from God, but God's sitting there going, peekaboo, still here. Right? I'm still here. You may run away, you may try and walk away, but God is saying, hey, I am still here. Listen, all of us need a friend in life, don't we? And I'm grateful for the good friends that I've had in my life, but we, we shouldn't minimize the importance, we shouldn't minimize the magnitude of God's presence in our lives. We can depend on God's presence in our lives. God's presence is one of his presents to us. You should save that for Christmas, remind me, right? Right, this is good. He's going to finish whatever he called you to do, and God is going to finish the good work that he began and he started in you. You know, everything that God has for us is wrapped up in these five words. I will never leave you. I will never leave you. And so whatever you need from the Lord, God's going to supply it. 
Some of you are sitting here wrestling with that today, and you're going, I don't know how this is going to happen. Hear me on this. Whatever you need, God is going to supply for you. Would you hear that from the Lord this morning? He's going to supply it. Why? Because he's always going to be with you. God's not marked by failure. God doesn't fail. God always keeps his word. He always provides, right? And so, if, listen, this morning you might be here and you might feel inadequate. And can I just tell you, sometimes feeling inadequate is a blessing. You know why it's a blessing? Because you have to rely on God even more. You have to rely on him even more. And so how do we know that all of this is true? The, the answer is that sometimes we have to look back at how God has taken care of us in the past. How do I know that God is really never going to leave me? Well, I look at what God has done for me in the past. Has God brought any of you through deep waters? Yeah. Has God brought any of you through dark nights? Has God brought any of you through, like, just bitter, weeping tears? If he didn't leave you then, why would he leave you now? Right? Think of all the prayers that God has, has answered of yours. How many prayers have, have you prayed? Those prayers that he answered in your life by abandoning you and leaving you now? Who, who do we think God is? God is not one of us. He's perfect. What he does is because he said he's going to do it. When he said he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Listen, God never starts anything that he doesn't finish. I remember going to Jamaica, and if you're from Jamaica, please don't take any offense to this. This is just a story. But I went to Jamaica on our honeymoon, and we were driving through the country, and part of the places you could see is that they had started things, but they didn't finish. Like the road looked kind of like half-finished. The, some of the buildings looked half-finished. Now, this is not all of Jamaica. This is not the whole place. It was just part of where we were. And, and listen, that's not isolated to Jamaica, is it? No, just go out here to 288th Street. Look at the road. They tore it all up. They're never going to finish this thing, right? Who knows when they're going to finish it? They paved it, and it looks like, you know, who knows who painted it? The zoo got out, and they were painting. I don't know what happened, right? It just looks all messed up out there, not finished. But, friends, that's not God. That's not how God is. What God starts, he finishes. Two years ago, I went through the hardest season of leadership in my life. And that season of leadership was, was crushing, if I'm going to be real with you this morning, um, ever. And I remember at 18 feeling really alone. And that led to different things in my life. But I know and I remembered what it felt like to be abandoned, what it felt like to be all alone. And let me tell you, the enemy was loving that in my life. Can I just tell you that? Man, he was loving that. He was like, man, I love that you feel this way. I love that you feel this way. He was loving me, thinking that God had forgotten about me. He would love me sitting there just thinking that these promises that I had preached and studied and known and learned and memorized, and all these things were for everybody else, but they weren't for me. Oh, the enemy was sitting there, oh, I love this. He was just so happy. He was happy that I was in a, a bad place, a dark place, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And it wasn't until a dear sister in the faith had a meeting with me, somebody not from our church, and she said this to me, and I'll never forget it. Here's what she said to me. She said, Jordan, God has not brought you this far to leave you now. He's not going to throw you under the bus. He's not going to throw you under the bus. And those words, I knew they had come from God in that moment. And God was saying, hey, you preached on this a million times. You've studied this a million times. 
You've memorized these places in Scripture where I've said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. It's time for you to believe it for yourself. And in that moment, in that moment, I, it may be ugly, it may be hard, it may be brutal, it may be a long road, but God, we're going to get through this, and I know I'm going to get through this because you're going to get me through it. That's who God is. I've experienced it in my life. So I'm, I'm not telling you as a man saying this about God. I'm saying that this is someone who has experienced God in this way. I've been. Some of you are at a low place. I've been there. I'm there. I've been there with you. I know what it's like to feel all alone. I know what it's like to feel like nobody cares or that, hey, everything's just, you know, going to hell in a handbasket in my life. And I can't stop the, the bleeding. But brothers and sisters, God says, I'm there. Even in your pain, even in your hardship, I am there. And so I want to just, just kind of think about this for a second. God's honor, God's character, God's reputation, it, it hinges on him finishing the good work that he started in you. You understand that, right? Like everything about God that is good, and that's everything. Everything about him that is good, it hinges on him keeping this promise, not just in everybody else's life, but also in your life too. His character hinges on him keeping his word to you. His reputation hinges to everybody else on him keeping his word to you. And so listen, when I went through my dark time, I knew deep that God is not a liar. You know that God tells you the truth. Amen? Now sometimes we don't want to hear the truth. Right? Because it's painful, it's harsh, it, it hurts. But God is always going to tell you the truth. I want to ask you this question. How does it make you feel right now to know that God has said, I'll never leave you? How does that make you feel just in this moment? Just grab a hold of the emotions that are going through you right now. How does that make you feel? I have a, a, a good friend who is good friends with a United States senator. And so this good friend of mine pulled some strings, and, and in, in, in April... Uh, when my son and his, his class were going to Washington, D.C., he pulled some strings with this United States senator. And he texted him. One day we were at lunch, and he said, hey, my, my pastor's son my, is going to, uh, is going to um, uh, Washington here in, uh, in a few months. And, and hey, he'd, he'd love if, if, if there was some way you could do something special for them. And you know what he tells my friend? He goes, hey, hey man, absolutely, I'm on it. You know, how are you doing? And they're talking. They're going back and forth texting like, this is a United States senator. I mean, how many of us have a United States senator that we can call and ask favors of? Like nobody. Why? Because that's a, that's a very rare thing to have somebody with that much power that you have that kind of access to. But hear me on this, New Beginnings. You have somebody even more power. Why? Because he's with you. He's always present with you. You don't have to take out your phone and text and wait for a reply. You can open your word and you can read right there. He's with you. He tells you, I'm with you at all times. I'm never leaving you. I'm never going to forsake you. And so how do we respond to this incredible promise? Right? Do we say it's too good to be true? Some of you are. Some of you might say, nah, that's unbelievable. I don't believe that. And you ignore it. But friend, in your hurts, in your fears, in your struggles, in your temptations, there is no more wonderful promise than this. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to leave you. We may not know what the future holds, but the old saying is true, we know who holds the future. And who is that? That is Jesus. And so no matter where you go, God goes with you. No matter if you're, wherever you're at today and you're scared, then hear me on this. Just like God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. 
Don't fear. If you're here today and you're doubting, what is God telling you right now? Be strong and courageous. It's okay to be strong and courageous. Some of you need to hear that today. It's okay to have faith in God. It's okay to be strong and courageous. You don't have to sit there and be crushed in spirit at all the time. It's okay to be full of faith. It's okay to be strong and courageous. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. You may feel uncertain about the future, but you be strong and you be courageous. You. Do you understand that? Like, this is how big this promise is. It's not just that God is just here with us right now, but God is also ahead of us in the future. Why? He is the God who goes before his people. He goes before his people. That's a mind-blowing truth that God goes before his people. And so some of you are worried about next week, whatever next week's got coming up for you. Forget it. God's already there. Why worry? God's already there next week. Some of you might be going, well, what about that doctor's appointment? You know, I got that big test coming up, and I'm just kind of, God's already there. He's already there. He's promised that he's going to be with you in this moment, but he's already there in that moment. Right? It would be perfectly fine if God said, hey, I'm just going to walk with you through the hard seasons of life. That's a beautiful promise. I'll walk with you through the hard seasons, and that's, that should be enough. But God does a lot more than that in our lives. He goes ahead of you. God clears the way in that you're going. And as he's working ahead, God is arranging all the details in your life so that when you get to tomorrow, you already know God's already been here. Look at how this already worked out. Have you ever been in your life and you just saw just door after door after door open that they all should have been closed, but somehow they're all opened? It's because God went ahead of you and opened all that. You didn't come to that door and open it. God opened that door. Way ahead of you. And God is already at work in tomorrow. And he's at work in next year. God is already at work. And he's at this is who God is. Amen. This is a beautiful God that we worship. Like when we're singing about Waymaker, God is already there tomorrow making a way. He's already there. Why worry about tomorrow? God's already there. He's already going to prepare it. And so New Beginnings, I end with this. This week, whatever you got coming up, next week, whatever you got coming up, Chin up, chest out. You can be full of faith. Why? You can be strong and courageous. Why? Because God is with you. Can we pray? Father, we thank you for this beautiful promise. What a life-changing promise. What a life-giving promise. That God, you are with us. God, I know in my own life, And maybe not everybody in this room, but I know in my own life there have been times where I doubted you, where I didn't trust you, where I walked away from you, where I chose sin over you, where I chose the things of this world over you, where I chose other people over you. And God, you stayed faithful to me in spite of my unfaithfulness to you. You loved me when I didn't love you. You pursued me when I pursued other things. You died for me when I wouldn't even live for you. And Jesus, I thank you for it. Lord, I thank you that we we can't outrun it. We can't outlive it. There's nothing we can do to separate ourselves from your love. Your love is always going to be there for us. Lord, there are people in this room with this room this size and the people, uh, the amount of people here. Lord, there are people who are struggling today. Some people are struggling with their health. Some people are struggling with their finances. Some people are struggling emotionally or relationally. Some people are struggling with all of those and more. 
And so, Lord, I know they needed to hear this truth. You brought them here today to hear this truth, that you are with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, I thank you for that truth. We praise you for that truth. We worship you for that truth. Lord, I'm praying for a supernatural work, though, because many people, like we talked about in the beginning in Mark chapter 9, they say, I do believe, but God help my unbelief. So, Lord, in this moment right now where, where we're surrounded by brothers and sisters and, Lord, we, we, we hear the pastor preaching and we're singing worship songs, it's kind of easy for us to say, yeah, I believe this. And then all of a sudden the moment comes where everybody else has kind of walked away. But, Lord, help us to remember when everybody else has walked away, you're still there. You're with us. You haven't left. You're not leaving. You'll be with us to the end. You started something good. Help us when we doubt Lord, I'm praying that this would be a verse right now that would just really encourage many people in this room. That we would memorize it, we would meditate on it, we would not just hoard it to ourselves, but we would take what we learned today and we would tell somebody else about it this week. That, Lord, you would, you would send other people in our lives today who are hurting and you, we would say that we'd be able to tell them that, hey, if you are a child of God, God is with you. This promise is for you. Lord, use us this week to encourage other people as well. So God, this week we pray that you would grow our faith. We pray that you would do a mighty miracle in our lives. Lord, we pray that we would be a, a, a vessel of blessing as we speak this truth into other people's lives as well. Lord, we just, we're just so grateful for you. Jesus, you're the one who has made all this possible. The reason we know this is true is because, Jesus, you left heaven and you came here and you lived a perfect life and you laid down that perfect life on the cross for us in our place for our sins. You paid our debt in full. And, Lord, we know that it's true because look at all you went through for us. So why would you waste what you've already done? Why would you go back on what you've already started? You won't and you wouldn't. And so, God, we're grateful for that. We praise you for it. Lord, again, to you, and Lord, in spite of uh, if we have more technological, it doesn't matter. Lord, help our minds to be so focused on you, we don't even know about any of that stuff. We're just focused on you. We're focused on the truth of the word that we're singing. And Lord, help those things to not just be in our minds, but help it to penetrate our hearts as well. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray, and we ask all these things. Amen. Two more things real quick before we take the, the, the offering. Um, two more announcements. Um, this coming Wednesday, Megan, what time are we doing that on Wednesday? 6.30. So this Wednesday, 6.30, we're going to be going um, into different neighborhoods. We're also going to be going to some businesses, um, handing out our VBS uh, flyers. We know we got VBS starting when? In eight days, right? It's going to be starting in eight days. And we want as many young people signed up as we can. And so we need to get the word out. We need to uh, be putting that on social media. So, hey, if you got social media, if you got Instagram or you got Facebook, would you please put that out there for us, spread that for us, uh, invite people to come uh, to our VBS. So that's going to be happening this Wednesday, 630. But then also this coming Saturday at 9 o'clock, there will be breakfast. Uh, I think everyone's going to bring a little something like, you know, eggs or I don't know what some, what people, some people are bringing stuff right and uh, it's going to be like a, a decorating thing and VBS you come this Saturday morning at 9 o'clock one more thing Megan says yes on Wednesday adults 
and youth, but not kids, right? The kid or yeah, kids will be here. Okay, all right. So everybody, everybody knows what's happening this Wednesday. We need all hands on deck. I'd love to see as many people who are in this room show up on Wednesday, right, and our sister church, Batania, and we're going to go out to the community. We're going to hand out those things. We're going to try and get people to sign up for VBS uh, next week. Amen? Amen. Is it just going to be me or me, us? Are, they, are you guys coming? Okay. I, I'm going to see you. All right, Barry. <laughs>